0: Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. Well, we're in the the third part of our In Formation series. And with that, uh, we've been kind of diving into the idea that where we're called to be in, in life as the children of God is regularly staying in a place of spiritual formation. And I get it that that concept and that wording can kind of be a little intimidating. And so that, you know, that it sounds heavy and intense. Uh, but spiritual formation is really just growing in Christ-likeness. It's just growing in who he is and what he wants to to accomplish in our lives and and so to be able to to make this concept a little more accessible and maybe kind of kind of take the 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 that edge off of it a little bit. Well, then we've just reminded ourselves some of the first place we understood what it looked like for things to be in formation when back when we were in pre-K and kindergarten or or maybe some of you last week. I don't know. Maybe you like to play with Play-Doh still today. And so, um, but we remember the just good old Play-Doh where we would be able to get it and it was just a big lump of something and be able to start shaping it and forming it and be able to see it become something more recognizable. And and maybe we can begin to to give it a, a head and to begin to give it some legs and begin to make it look humanoid on some level and begin to see a little clay man come to life right Before, all right. Well, he got a pointy head. All right, let's help that guy out a little bit. Give him a round head, and so and begin to see a little clay person. I'm not an artist. Please don't hold this against me. I begin to have a little clay person begin to to come to life. He's gonna fall over, and so because uh, he's not alive, and uh, and so, but that's what we're looking at. That's what this whole point of formation is about: is allowing God to begin to form us again the 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 concept of being reformed has this negative connotation with 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 our justice system and those things and to reform is is should be something we're excited about we should be excited about god reforming and putting us back where things should be. So if you've got your notes, you've got your app, if you're however you're following along, we've kicked off with this idea that to truly move forward in God, we must let him. And this is the key word, let him form our lives and we've been looking at a passage of scripture if you're again if i'm going to say this every week if you're new to celebration church maybe you're familiar you're a little bit of a student of the bible and you're like okay i already have a little problem with this preacher because you're preaching now the message translation okay we're using the message on purpose i get it it is a paraphrase translation um we normally go for from a more more traditional translations but uh with this this passage of scripture, if you've been involved with church for any length of time, you are familiar with Romans 8.28. You've just been connected with it on some level, uh, which in a more traditional translation says something along the lines of uh, that we know that in all things God works together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his, his purpose. And so we we get that, and we tend to go and look at that and it's and grab the things in our life um, that we don't call good. because you're like, okay, we know that God can work good. In all things, well, this seems pretty good. All right, that's awesome. This seems okay, but man, this is a mess. This is a wreck. Okay, God, I'm gonna go over here and want you to do your Romans 8:28 thing on this over here because this is not good, but I want you to see it, make it into good. And we tend to take this Romans 8:28 passage and take it into and put our tragedy in that space, which our tragedy fits there. Our heartbreak into that space, it fits there. Our broken dreams fit there. All of those spaces fit there. But guess what? It actually is a much bigger than that. It's not just the low points of our life. It's all points of our life. So let's go ahead and let's look in the message translation just to jar us, just to kind of get us out of what we think we already know, and let's look at how Eugene Peterson put this. He says, that's why. We can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. The son stands first in the line of humanity he restored. We see the original and intended shape of our lives there in him we see what we are supposed to have been all along jesus it says dealt with all the same stuff says he was tempted in all like manner as us all of the stuff that we deal with on a temptation level all the stuff that where we would use our will to go in an unhealthy direction. Jesus dealt with all of those same pressures, but guess what? He made the life-giving decisions over and over and over again and showed us what it looks like to live a life submitted to God, submitted to the Father, doing it right. Jesus reveals to us what life actually is supposed to look like as a human he gives us this fresh perspective of it and so as god is forming us and forms us from the inside out and he does it by the renewing of our soul he renews and changes our soul and our soul it is our mind our will and our emotions so you are a three-part being you are a spirit. That is the part of us that when we say yes to Jesus, we place our faith in Christ, and we step over from death to life, that becomes alive immediately and it is just like Jesus immediately. We are now, spiritually, we are the same as Jesus. We are heaven ready right then, okay? But that is not the completeness of us, Okay. We also have a soul and a body. We have this body, this earth suit that we live in. And we have its, it has its own part of us. But then there is that piece of us that signed our will and our emotions. When we get back to original creation and, and we see God reach in and, and grab some dirt back in Genesis. And he grabs some dirt and he begins to form this man out of the dirt. And it says that the man was formed and then he was lifeless. And then God does this amazing thing and it says, and, and he breathes. The, the Greek word for it is pneuma. And he breathed life into Adam's nostrils and Adam now became animated. He, he already had a body, he already had it. God formed the body, okay? That was already there. You would have seen Adam but nothing was happening. no little beep, beep, beep beep, no breathing, nothing. He was just there. and then God breathed into him the pneuma of God, the breath of God. And then on, once that takes place, then the Greek word Suke begins to take o- over. And the word Suke is also a word for breath, but it is the animated life breath, like that force of us breathing. It's not the oxygen we breathe, it is that breath, that breathing thing. So now, Adam begins to have this breath on the inside of him, and he begins to, to be able to respirate and to be alive, okay? And the breath of God brought that in there, and then now he has the suke. He has, and that suke word is soul, and that is then he now breathed into him as he became alive that the Spirit of God began to connect with that earth suit, and there inside of him, his soul began to exist. And his soul, his mind, his will, and his emotions, okay? And then he had to begin to take that and let all of those things be spirit breathed and allow the breath of God to guide him, okay? Now we understand that he decides to use his mind, his will, and his emotions to make decisions that don't align, and that's where the fall and sin and all that comes in, okay? Now then, you and I are born, and we have a body, and we have a soul, okay? We have mind, will, and emotions, and then we begin to breathe and get new life. We become alive in Christ. Our spirit is reborn, fresh, And so it's alive, but then we need the regenerating of our soul. Okay, we need our mind, our will, and our emotions to be transformed. Need to be shifted because life has hit us and it has affected our very suquet. It is very our very soul, and it has messed us up. This weekend because of the wedding, um, both of my sisters um, were in town. One of my sisters is with us in service. This morning, and so, and they they were in town for the wedding, and um, I'm the the oldest. Uh, have don't have any brothers. Have two younger sisters, and and so just being a, a guy, and man, there would be times we would wrestle. You know, my sisters would get in the middle of it, get in the thick of it with me, and we would wrestle. And my sister here, Ginger, she was pretty feisty. Um, she was not going to. Uh, Uh, submit easily and so we would wrestle and go at it and so one day we were we were wrestling and um, in uh, one of their bedrooms and so and I decided I was just going to manhandle them and so I reached over and I grabbed one around the waist and I grabbed the other one around it and I just lifted them up so then I just had them like two sacks of potatoes there as they're just kicking and fighting and all that Well, I wasn't really strong enough to do that for a long period of time so I decide that, okay, now I'm going to try to put them back on the ground, and I go to, like, squat down. Well, I was not, didn't have enough, did not done enough deadlifts to be able to do that move right. So as I go down, it looked like, if you'd have been, had a recording of it, it would have looked like I did this amazing wrestling move, okay? Because I go down, and then my, my legs just give. They're just, they were done, so I broke over and just like, uh uh-uh. uh. And I just bam, go all the way down while I hit each of my sister's diaphragm on a knee simultaneously, bam, knock the wind out of both of them and drop them on the ground. And they're laying on the ground and they can't breathe. And it's like, yeah, don't mess with me. I'm the big brother. And so, no, I didn't do that at all. They're sitting there and they can't breathe and i immediately go don't tell mom do not tell mom and they can't breathe and they are writhing on the ground as soon as breath rushes back into their lungs what's the first thing they do mom and they yell for mom and i'm like oh my gosh my life is over and so they, are, they have teamed up with me. But sometimes that's the way things go, that life hits you and literally just knocks the wind out of you. Knocks, just jacks with your psuche, jacks with your mind, your will, your emotions. And here's the cruddy thing, is a lot of times the person who knocks the wind out of you is trying to tell you how to respond. They're trying to tell you how you need to handle it. They're the ones who've come at you. They're the ones who've offended you. They're the ones who've mistreated you. And then now they're telling you how you need to respond in the middle of that. And so in part of our recovery, part of our regrowth, part of our being in formation is taking all of that and not responding to all of the way the world tells us we need to respond. Respond on how our, our peers tell us we need to respond. Take that spirit. That, that pain, that hurt, that place that has hit us in our very soul, and take it to God and say, God, how do I respond to this? How do I deal with this? Because, see, this place, this, this place of our soul, this is that, that personality thing. You ever have somebody come up to you and say, Man, you just don't seem like yourself today? Like, um, you know, did, did, am I taller? You know, did I put on a little weight? I'm a little heavier? You know, did I change my hair? No, they they don't mean anything physical at all. And when they say you don't seem like yourself today, they are seeing that there's something off with your soul. They're seeing that you're just the normal person you are. You're just not that today. They are recognizing that something's off there in your soul, in your mind, in your will and in your emotions and the maturing in our souls it is going to affect every area of our life it's going to affect it third john chapter one verse two now this is the third letter that uh that uh john writes he's way later in his years and he is imparting as much wisdom and understanding as he possibly can to the future generations of the uh, of the children of god and he says dear friend I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all go well with you even as your soul. says, as your soul is getting along. I love the way the, the modern King James uh, version has it. It says, beloved, in regard to all things, in regard to everything, all the stuff you're gonna deal with, it's all gonna be impacted by this. I pray that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. As your soul begins to get healthier, it is going to affect everything. As your mind begins to be renewed, it is going to affect every area of your life. As your will begins to be renewed, it is going to affect every area of your life. As your emotions begin to be renewed and reformed, it's going to affect everything our real spiritual transformation we begin to see. Yes, we're, we're made immediately heaven-ready. As soon as we place our faith in Christ, our spiritual formation takes place in the area of our soul. That is what is going to make the biggest impact across the board. And, and the truth is, is that we make our decisions out of our soul, and we understand that. like, of course, we make our decisions out of our soul. You said that that's our, that's our mind. Of course, we make our decisions. Well, yeah, let's hope we use our mind in our decision-making. I think sometimes we've all had some decisions we wish we would have used our mind a little more. Um, we were wondering where our mind was when we did that, but then we understand that's a part of it. Um, we have also made some emotional decisions. We understand that, that there's some emotions involved in our decision-making, and, and that that is impacted as well. But we also need to admit that there's a place that just being willful, just being, in a, we like to use this word determined, driven. We like to take that and put that on, but it is just, that is that area of our will where sometimes our decisions are empowered not as much by intellect, not as much by our feelings, but by just being stubborn and This is just the way it is. I've made this decision, and nobody's going to be able to stop me. And we need to take all of those places, our intellect, our feelings, and our will, and let God come in and to reform those. Because that is where all of the core pieces of life begin to flow out of. And I get it. I get it. You're like, that's going to impact everything. That's going to change everything. And yes, yes, it is but I also get that that's what makes it vulnerable. That's what makes it difficult. And I knew it intellectually as I was getting ready to preach this message this week, having to be, for the very first time in my life, the father of the bride. As a minister, I've been to a lot of weddings. And I knew that this was going to be a good but having lived it now, I get it on a deeper level. That there is a space where there is this vulnerability that comes as you're sitting there, and your spirit is having to say, Okay, soul, you can trust. You can trust Jesus. You can trust God to begin to do that. And it can feel very much like a father walking a bride down that aisle and going, Okay, here you go. I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you. And to take your soul your mind, your will, and your emotions, all of these things, and to say, okay, God, I'm going to let you transform this. I'm going to give you space here. It can feel as vulnerable as the Father of the Bride walking down that space. But I'm telling you, uh, (laughs) Lulu and I had a really sweet moment as we were standing there locked in arms waiting on our turn to come out and do it, and you're listening for the cues, and we're just sitting there, and all those emotions are just piled up and, and she's like, dad, this is, this is so weird. And I was like, ah, sweetie, it is weird. I said, but you know what's even weirder to me is it's right. As I'm sitting there just a, as a dad, just so excited and ready to be able to be a part of that moment because it, yeah, it's weird. Yes, it's awkward. Yes, it's vulnerable, but it's right. Right. And you're going to, whenever you begin to hand your soul over to the lover of your soul, the scriptures say. And you begin to let him really begin to begin to take care of and nurture and be all that the scriptures say Jesus is to be to us. Our coaching as husbands comes, the best coaching we get comes from the scriptures talking to us and pointing us back to Jesus. Jesus. Best coaching I get as a husband is points me back to Jesus every time. It says, husbands, love your wife as Christ loves the church and gave himself up. The measure of Jesus' devotion to us is that he's already laid down his life. You know what? Then guess what? We can begin to lay down a little more of ours into his hands because he's trustworthy and we can do this. I get it. It's vulnerable. I get it, 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 it. It sets us back a little bit, but we can put our soul in his hands. And we can do that because he wants to work in our lives so that we can make wise life decisions. The Holy Spirit will then teach us the things that have already been given to us, that already belong to us. As soon as you step over and you become a child of God, you get the whole package. You get it all. You don't have to, like, become like, okay, you're now like an entry-level believer. All right, and here's your what you get. Guess what? You get heaven forever. Now you need to step up, and you need to become an active church member. And as church member, you get this, this, and this. And then now you get, no, you get it all right from the beginning. You get the whole package. Here's the thing is you don't know what the whole package has. You don't know what's all included. And so we need the Holy Spirit to begin to reveal that. Guess what? When you said yes to Jesus, when you became His kid, then guess what? Then you you get all of this thing, all of these things included in it. You get wholeness. You get health. You get prosperity. You get all of the different things. And it's not this thing from a worldly, secular selfish perspective, you get this empowerment to be able to live the life-giving life we were called to live all along, to be able to begin to be God's representative on the planet, not to be able to take some sort of celestial blessing and begin to just enrich our own lives, but to enrich every life we touch. That is what we're called to do, but it takes a reforming of our soul to be able to do it so we're able to do it in the strength and the power that God gives not in our own strength. 1 Corinthians 2.12 says, we have rec- <clears throat> what we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God so that we may understand what God has freely given us. We're not trying to earn anything. Man, he's just given us so much, so much. Ephesians 1.17 says, I keep asking a part of being a child of God. And we need a spirit of revelation, a new mind to be able to see it and to receive it and to walk in it. This, there's a great incomparable power that's at work, but you have to believe it. says so this great power at work for those who believe. You have to believe that he's actually a part. You actually believe he's actually done it. You actually believe he's actually active. That's, how we begin to step into this. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 says, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and been asking God to fill you with all knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Romans 12, 2, Do not be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Even with Jesus in Luke 2.52, we see Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and men. We see this is the natural process as a child of God to grow on these fronts. And true wisdom, true wisdom develops as we begin to think like God thinks. That is what He wants. He wants to, us to begin to have our minds renewed. Do we begin to think? the way he thinks. And to do this means we're gonna have to put aside our old way of thinking. We're gonna have to recognize that some of the assumptions we've come to out of trying to do the best we can with our brokenness, with the brokenness of the people in our lives and patch together a workable form of life We've got to come to some conclusions and, to, and built some assumptions and have built a worldview based on those things. And we have to be willing to take that and say, all right, I'm gonna give you room to rework this. Mark chapter eight, verse 34. It says, then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples. and said, if anyone would come after me, He must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? Jesus is warning that there is a path where we can pursue things and gain what we would call even the whole world and lose our true selves along the way, lose what God wants for us. Lose that, that we could attain to something. But in there, there would be such loss that there'd be nothing that we could attain that could compensate for it. And what he wants to do is to really give us life. But the thing to it is is that if we want to save our lives, we must be willing to put it in his hands. We can't grasp onto it. We can't say, oh, I I want me, I want me, I want me. All of a sudden, something that doesn't look like what we were supposed to be Something that doesn't look right at all begins to come out of us trying to desperately hang on to ourselves. It all begins to fall apart. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. Isn't this amazing? That if you lack wisdom, we can come to God, and he gives it without finding fault, without a lecture, without telling you where you blew it and how you could have done it better. We need wisdom. And he just comes in and begins to give wisdom. It says, but when he asks, he must believe and not doubt because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. For us to be able to step into this, we've got to come to God, believe that he wants to bring this fresh life into us and stay with him. This place will lead to frustration. We're like, God, transform me. Don't do that. God, transform me. Don't do that. No, we need to stay in, our, in, in his hand and allow him to continue to bring life and life everlasting. Romans eight, chapter thirteen. I mean, Romans chapter eight, verse thirteen, says, "For if you live according to the sinful nature, you'll die. But if you, but if by the Spirit you put to death, the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. If we are allowing the Holy Spirit to begin." to work in us than we are saying, I'm a child of God. I want you to be the boss, I want you to lead, I want you to guide, and I'm leaning in as a child of God. Our bottom line today is this, is that maturity is the life of God in us, showing the life of God through us. That is what real, genuine maturity is. It's not something we have to do. It's not something we have to to force on ourselves. It is something that naturally flows out of the spirit of God in our lives. And so with that, I want us to just create a kind of a quiet moment, a quiet space here and now. And be able to give an opportunity for those who maybe have been at a place, that they thought that this life in Christ was about having to transform yourself, having to become something, some sort of get to some starting place with God so that then God could take over from there. You had to fix this, stop this, start that so that you could become a believer, become a Christian. And the truth is, is that's not the case at all. God meets us right where we are. Whatever the brokenness looks like, whatever the mess looks looks like, we put the whole thing in his hands the way it is, and he meets us right there. And then he does the transformation. He does the work. He does the molding. And we simply let him do it. And if you're here this morning and you're ready to say yes to that, not trying to... Do a bunch of religious things, not trying to to be better or have a second try at something, but to genuinely let God begin to just rework your life for you to put your trust in him and not in yourself, for you to receive the gift of salvation that he has given. And if that's you this morning, I want you to just lift your hand, and we want to pray with you this morning. Awesome. 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 Praise God. Yes. Yeah. Believers, I want to just lift, lift, for you to lift your voice along with these. I'm going to loan them some words. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me so much that you sent Jesus. That Jesus' death, it covers my death. And Jesus' life, it gives me life. Today I'm your child. You're my Father. Heaven is my home. And I give you permission to change me from the inside out. Bring life to my soul. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Our prayer team is going to go ahead and come forward right now. And so if you need prayer for anything at all, our prayer team comes forward every week. And um, so, but if you need prayer for anything, maybe you need to want to celebrate something. Maybe there's something heavy on your heart. But if you need prayer for anything, they are here at the end of every service. If you'll stand up, I just want to pray over you as we go out of here this morning. Heavenly Father, your goodness, your mercy, Heavenly Father, it is so amazing And we are thankful, Lord. We're thankful, Lord, for you being at work in our lives. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for the strength of your life in us. That it's not about us doing something for you. It's about what you have done and want to do in our lives. So we give you permission, Heavenly Father, to work in and through us. Heavenly Father, we go out of here. Lord, look into you, the author and the finisher of our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Y'all have a wonderful day. Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Be safe. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.